0: Welcome to the OC endurance podcast. My name is Chris. I'm here again this week with Austin and Tony, my co-hosts. How's it going guys? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. Another day in paradise. Well, Austin, you were just on a trip, right?
1: Yeah. Just about 45 minutes ago, got back from Yosemite. Um, That's a trip that we do every other year with uh, my wife's family. Been doing it for over 10 years now. And it's, it's just a great family gathering. Everybody gets together and everybody gets really excited about it. Super nostalgic. Got engaged there, uh, two trips ago, and then actually had another family member get engaged there this trip, but had some great hikes, did half dome Yosemite falls, did some running really great weather out there right now. and, And the water levels are pretty insane after all
0: the rains. Yeah, that's awesome. That is one national park on the West Coast that I haven't done yet. When I did the big national coast uh, or, uh, national park tour, uh, we did not do Yosemite, but we did kind of all the other, a bunch of the other West Coast parks. So I, I need to get up there. Did you stay in the park? Yeah, we stay at Yosemite Valley Lodge. Uh,
1: they used to camp, but they, they don't... <laughs> the older women don't camp anymore. So they (laughs) decided to stick to the lodge. There's, you know, pool there for the kids and everything like that. It's pretty central to everything as well. So it's just, yeah, we've been there for, uh, they've been going for 20, 25 years maybe. And I've been going ever since I've been quote unquote, part of the family. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't been, it's, I highly, highly recommend it. That's awesome. How long were you there? four, four full nights, uh, about, and you know, we stayed, we got in early the first day, so call it a full day. And then we, I did a hike this morning real quick before we took off just to get the legs moving before the six, seven hour car ride. I couldn't, I couldn't sit for that long, but it was, it was just enough time. We were ready to be back and be able to
0: celebrate the fourth at home and everything like that. Nice. What's been going on with you, Tony. Saw you yesterday. Yeah. Just, uh, getting back to a big training week back. I think I finally got back
2: over the 14 hour mark for the week last week. And, uh, I feel like it's starting to come together. Had a full back to the the schedule of five, five swims for the week. Weekly yardage, I think was just about 1600 and or 16,000, I should say. Um, and yeah, had a solid solid bike on on Saturday. Got to see a few of you guys out on the, on the trail, which was cool. And um, I did have I did have a bad uh, workout on Tuesday on the bike where I just had a bail. I just had I don't know if it was just like lingering fatigue or whatnot, but just one of those like listen to the body and just pull pull the pin early type workouts. And I, I hate doing that because I feel like I feel like such a failure. You know, and and I, I feel especially when it's like a bike workout that <laughs> I I almost feel like I, I'm letting John down. I feel like he's just like looking at the at, at training peaks like, why do I even bother with this guy? Why do I bother? You know, writing these plans, he doesn't even doesn't even follow them. But um, I usually when I when I do bail, I'll, I'll leave some notes there as to to why or how I was feeling
0: or or whatnot. So I mean, hopefully he forgives me. I will say that's the one thing about having a coach it it holds you accountable, right? And so when you, when you do have an issue, right, you feel, you do feel a little more guilty. For sure. Yeah.
2: And that that was, again, was like kind of weighing on me and, and I kept telling Naughty like, I, I feel like I had a bad training week and it was literally just that one day that the bike didn't go to plan. Everything else felt great. And then I was able to back it up with a, a very solid ride on Saturday, kind of hitting my targets or slightly exceeding my targets on Saturday. And then Sunday was a, a good swim run workout so yeah everything everything felt really really good for the week I can't, I can't complain this week is going to build a little bit off that and what do we have eight weeks to finland i think If training peaks is uh, not lying to me
0: Yeah, it's not even showing me yet because I'm still looking at the uh, organ, which is lingering now. What I don't like about Training Peaks is it says it's two weeks away. And it's like, no, 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 it's not two weeks away. Today is Monday. The race is in three weeks on Sunday. So I I see it and I'm like freaking the hell out. I'm like, what the? And then I have this reminder app and I go and I'm like, oh, no, it's 20 days. So, yeah, the whole rounding down. From the day after the race freaks me out every time. Well,
2: it's better than rounding up, right? It's, at least it's not saying like, oh, hey, you have four weeks and you only have three.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd rather have it I that hear way. You. But two weeks and six days is much better than two weeks. <laughs> Especially when you're coming in from from my boat of, uh, I think last week, I got a good solid four hours of training in or six hours of training. I was like, man, I'm not even on the leaderboard. <laughs> I'm like sweeping. I'm the sweeper of the leaderboard I've, uh, yeah, I've been just fighting, trying to get back. It took me like two weeks and I'm finally, I'm still coughing. So I'm hitting mute constantly so I can cough and clear my voice. And, uh, so whatever funk I caught in Florida, I swear, every time I come back from Florida, I bring something with me <laughs> that I don't want. And, uh, yeah, so, but since Thursday, Friday, I've started training again. Yeah. whereas at 7 a.m. this morning, you were top of the leaderboard. I know, I know. Not for very long. Uh, I did do a a really like a two hour walk with the dog, and that doesn't count, right? So I had my I had my swim in, but then my two hour walk with the dog doesn't count. So, and then weightlifting doesn't count. So all those wasted hours. I don't know why I'm even doing any of that stuff. Does, tra- does trail running <laughs> does trail running
1: count for our leaderboard?
0: The, I believe it, it does. Yeah, oh, trail running does. Did I crush it last week, weekend? So, oh. I don't know. And that's the worst is once the week's over, it's it's gone. You can't even look back to live glory of if you right. actually did make the top. Because I, I sort
1: of cheated. We did half dome and I did it as a trail run because I wanted to see some metrics on my watch while we were doing it. And then we didn't run. It was a big group and we were just kind of trying to stick together. But it was a 12 and a half hour day. I left the watch <laughs> running the whole time. So with no breaks and I'm thinking, man, I'm going to crush the leaderboard this week. I'm being at the top. Nobody's touching me this week, but I probably
2: still didn't win. Okay. So. I wonder if it, 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 does it actually take total time or does it take the moving time for the leaderboard? I think it takes moving time. Well, so. I, I didn't stop it at all. Like
1: we when we sat down, nothing. Because I wanted to see all in all when we started the trail to when we ended. So it didn't hit pause, lap, nothing on the watch.
0: Yeah, so, no, moving time, if you don't have auto pause on, moving time's running unless you actually pause it, right? That's what I understand.
2: I'm not sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, because
1: I, I see like if I you know I'm on a run. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah I mean Go if I, if, I, if I'm on like on a run or something and I stop to use the bathroom real quick, it'll you know <clears throat> my my moving time will be thirty seconds, forty five seconds less than what my total time is. So that was my whole idea was just to yeah. leave it running so I'd see total time is same as moving time type of thing, pace
0: and all that's the same. Yeah, that's, it's funny. Uh, We're going to do a segment today where we've got some hot takes, but one of my, I guess this is more of a pet peeve is when I'm like scrolling through Strava and seeing swim times and it's like 130 per hundred yard, 128 per hundred yard. And I'm like, there is no way because I don't stop my watch during a swim. But what I am learning is that Garmin works different than Koros, right? Koros just ran the entire time. Garmin actually does try and figure out when you're not swimming. And it looks like it subtracts those times. It does. So yep. but then whenever I see someone's time, I'm questioning, I'm like, I know they don't hit, they're not swimming 130. So what, are they pausing their watch every time they hit the wall? So you saying say I can do one thirties, Chris? Is that what you are saying? I could do one thirties. Uh, yes, it's you. It is you. No, I uh, I <laughs> yeah, use my, it. My old
2: Garmin wouldn't do that. So the the old Garmin would would basically make my pace look it was like one fifty five per hundred. Or that was me know, every week. And everybody's like, what, what's going on? I am like, well, I don't I don't stop the watch. Actually, if anybody knows Mike over from Nova Masters, um, he he will basically berate you for touching your watch if during your swim so um <laughs> yeah he's a he's a, a wonderful coach but um yeah i i just i know not to touch my watch and so that's just kind of been drilled into me but yeah once i upgraded the watch to the 955 that one now does what you're talking about where it it basically takes the time and it breaks it out like when you're sitting on a wall it it knows that you're not moving so it, it cuts that out and then factors that out of your pacing
0: which i guess it, it is good but, uh, yeah, when I see, you know, people used to ask me all the time, they're like, oh, you're getting faster. And it was like a 152 swim. I'm like, I didn't swim 152. I know I'm swimming, you know, whatever, 140, 135, you know, and now it actually is cutting it out. Um, and sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, I know it's stopping on the wall yeah but you guys and don't. the other thing too is I, for when
2: i'm recording my swims i really only pay attention to hoping it, it logs like for the most part my total yards and and the swim time the the pacing i really don't care about because again in, in masters we do so many kick sets which obviously that's going to be terrible you know we do alternate strokes and
0: you know and, and my fly is crap which I would you, should, you would. should see me doing the kick stroke my arm is always like taking a little tiny fake little stroke as I'm doing <laughs> kick strokes <laughs> just yes. to make sure I'm recording yards. That's kind of horseshit. <laughs> if I have
1: kick sets, I don't get any extra yardage. So it's like, I Oh, know. you swam 2,300 yards. And I'm like, well, I did um, nearly a thousand of kicks. So this is, this really sucks. But you, to, yeah. to that point, you And you guys, can't edit it on Strava. Right. Right. You guys don't use the the lap button. Cause I, I use that as my timer rather than looking at a clock. Mm so i'll I'll, yeah i'll I'll refer you back
2: to um mike collins over at nova i can't touch my watch man it's just it's It's it's, not gonna happen
1: see it's a great tool because if i have sets i'll hit that lap and i'm i know that rest is 10 15 20 seconds and rather than having to figure out okay let's see it on the clock here count to there you know i just look at my Mm. watch and as soon as the
0: interval timer on the rest set says you know, 20 seconds or seconds. I think if I was seconds. swimming alone, but the fact that we're swimming on the clock usually mm. in a master's workout, everybody knows right. what the time is. And even my Garmin now, it which is pretty cool, if you swim a straight 400, it records it as a 400. And then when you hit the wall and you stop, it starts a rest time. So, mm-hmm. and then you swim fifties. It's actually, it recognizes when you're stopping. The only thing that always screws the watch up is we do, um, like suicides or things like that, where we're, you know, swim thir- uh, what would it be? 13 yards and then, you know, 25 yards and then 33, you know, so you're, you know, and you're flipping in the middle of the pool with no walls. So your watch just goes haywire. All of a sudden it's like, you did a one twenty pace this week. <laughs>
1: I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> it sounds like these coaches need to get together and be okay with,
0: Hey, I got to touch my watch. I need this. I need this data. <laughs> now, do you guys trust your watch? I'm totally off base. I'm just taking this wherever I want to go today. Do you guys trust your watch in open water? Yes. Do you feel like they've gotten more accurate? Yes. yes.
2: Especially because I like, I, especially because we swim shore, which has the buoy line. And when I hit that, that buoy marker, right? That finish line, I actually have an alert on my watch to to uh, beep and vibrate every 500 yards. And so it, it'll it alert me there. And then I kind of know which house and palm tree I'm supposed to be at 1,000. That goes off like clockwork. And then you have the 1,500 turnaround, which is, for those that know, is the um, the American Lady 2 boat is basically right there. Is going to be around your 1,500. So if you want 3K, you you go there and you flip and come back. And it's, it's always almost like dead to nuts on. And so, yeah, yeah, same yeah, thing. No, if you go to the end of that that dock or whatever, I think it's
1: just over. I think it might be like six hundred something like that. You know, to the end of that dock, mm-hmm. and that's always it's the same every time. And based on what the buoy lines say, it seems very accurate.
0: Yeah. All right, good. Well, then I'm happy with my swim time this week. So, <laughs> it was, I Because I, I, I had to start over when I went from Koros to uh, Garmin. You know, I, I always had a certain time on my Koros and sometimes I was accused. I won't name who accused me, but they accused my Koros of saying that I swam faster than the Garmin would say. So then this weekend, I was somewhat vindicated. So... I had well, uh, my fastest swim I've ever had out there at 2000 yards. And it basically was I, you know, all the way down to a buoy, turn around, come back, which is 500 each way. And I did that twice. So I was pretty happy with my swim. So I feel like that is finally starting to come back around. I was, uh, we did a trail run when we were out in Yosemite. We did
1: Yosemite falls and it's roughly, well, I thought it was around 3,300, 3,400 feet. And we came down and my wife's cousin, he has a Coros and his watch said 3,100 feet. And I just finally was able to upload my stuff to Garmin, checked it. And mine said 3,350. And man, his other cousin had a Garmin as well. And he was right around that same ballpark area. So I don't know, man, Coros cutting you short.
0: Yeah. Coros, they say is, cause I've read up on this. I forget what it is. Is it a barometer? There are no, they're using, there's a pressure gauge in there and they're, Uh, they're, they're saying that they're using pressure to determine, yeah, barometer to determine how much altitude you actually did, where I had the same thing. I was always do so much and someone else would have like 500 more feet of me. And then what I would do is I would go into Strava and say, adjust elevation. And it basically uses its maps to figure out what the elevation is. And it would always be closer to the Strava Or, or closer to the Garmin right? We well, do the exact same ride and there'd be 500 to a thousand elevation difference between a Garmin right. and a Coros. So right. I, I really feel like Strava overestimates their
2: elevation though. And I think they kind of do that to kind of cover their ass. So if you, if you build out a route in Strava and I've done this multiple times so where like, I'll create like loops of OCs. I like, go through Santiago and then Newport and things like that. And I'll, you know, send off to somebody like, Hey, we're going to do this ride. And you know, they're, they're new to my route. And they'll be like, oh my God, there's going to be like, you know, 5,000 feet of gain. And I'm like, yeah, Strava always overestimates. Like I guarantee it's probably we're going to be closer to like 4K. And I think they do that in order to like scare people or at least again, kind of cover their ass like, hey, we told you it was going to be this and instead of underestimating. So there has to be something built into their algorithm that just kind of like, is like a, a plus 3%, you know, or something like that on on their on their elevation
0: yeah but well uh, maybe but I felt like it's always closer to what Garmin would say um, and this is not necessarily from my Coros watch I would say that it, it was from my Element or the Bolt bike computer is where I notice it I never okay. really pay attention to it on my watch but when I when we would do bike rides I would definitely notice that uh, my altitude or the elevation I climbed was never the same as as what Garmin so who knows but yeah, I'm three weeks out from Oregon and, uh, and then I've got, uh, so I, I did see Tony out there at Long Beach over the weekend. And like I said, I had a good swim and then, uh, I had a terrible run. Uh, it was the first time running in two weeks, right? I had built up to six miles, uh, when I was in Florida. And then I got sick, hadn't really run. And then I, I had a 90-minute run. So I was determined. It's like, all right, I'm going to run nine miles. and But I'm going to stay zone two. Then very quickly realized I could not hold like 145 and below if I was running like 10s. It had to be like 10 10s or 10 15s. And it was, it was a long, long-ass run. I couldn't believe it, how long <laughs> it took. I just felt like I was struggling. So... It has set my expectations for what Oregon is going to be. I've got a long way, long way to go to get back to running uh, the seven fifteen race I did there last year.
1: But isn't yes? Yeah, I saw Rita
0: first,
2: and 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 the first thing I, I asked her was like. And you dropped him like and she was just focused running, but I was like, Man, she, <laughs> yeah, just she dropped me. you, and she yeah. would come
0: back for me. It was like the total, I'll run up a ways. And then, and I started out running, and it's like, Okay, I'm gonna focus on cadence. It's like 170, 175. I have got it on my watch and I'm focused on it. And my heart rate was through the roof. It's like, All right, I gotta go back to my little loafer run over here, 160, 165. And that brought my heart rate down a little bit. Um, and I think that's just because I'm trained somewhat in that heart rate with that cadence. Mm-hmm. And and then I was able to uh, run. And then the last mile, I did pick it up to try and run and see what would happen to my heart rate. It didn't really spike. Like it didn't max out. I mean, again, I wasn't running fast. Maybe I was running 745s or something like that. But it didn't go off the chart. So I think that zone two is extremely small right now or extremely low or, you know, I just can't run very fast in zone two. And then when I get above that, it, it doesn't like max out or anything. So at least it gives me a little more confidence. I can run in like a zone three or zone four. And uh, hopefully, hopefully I can be a sub 10 minute mile for Oregon. <laughs> no guarantees. All right. Well, before we get into the hot takes, I just want to mention where you can find us. You can find us at OC. Dot endurance on Instagram, and then our email. If you want to send in some questions for us to answer or some controversial hot take subjects to get our opinions on, Uh, you can send those to podcast at ocendurance.com. So these were kind of batted around by somebody particular in our group, and uh, I've rephrased them to be questions so that uh, that, uh, we can share our opinions or uh, discuss our opinions. So uh, should I just go from the top? Yeah, I, I think I, I'd love to hear other people opinions on these as well. So fire away. <laughs> All right. So the first one, it has to do with running, not, uh, not triathlon. And it's a question about Boston qualifiers. And should the Revel races be Boston qualifiers? So for those who don't know, can you explain, Tony, what uh, Revel race is? Uh, Rebel races um, are
2: basically downhill races, and they usually have upwards of like 400k elevation drop. Um, so, obviously, running downhill, you're going to run a lot faster. you basically the terrain's doing a lot of the work for you. There's some arguments that oh, it's going to beat up your quads or or whatnot. But I mean, it, it, yes and no. Um, if you train for it, obviously, it's not going to um, hurt you as much as it's going to help you. And those races are going to, you know, increase your average pace guaranteed by, you know, 20, 25 seconds plus, you know, per, per mile. So that's, that's a rebel race.
0: Yeah. I definitely hear about folks doing, is there one in big bear? Is that one of the rebel races? Is it still there? I uh, I believe, I
2: believe it's still there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I hear, uh, because of the snail's pace and the running that, that a bunch of people do that to qualify for Boston. And believe Mm -hmm. me, it has crossed my mind because I I do want to qualify for Boston, but that was never one of the races I was going to do. (laughs) So, uh, but when I hear them talk about it, it's like, hmm, but I definitely, I I definitely think there should be some limit to a race. And yeah, if it's a negative uh, gain all the way down, um, they've got to question whether they should, it should be a qualifier.
2: Yeah, I think there needs to be some type of limit of what's the total gain that you can lose and still be BQ eligible. Obviously, you know, the BA will never do this because they want as many people to qualify as possible. And um, obviously, they're trying to keep their, their gender split 50-50, which is why you have, you know, the the women BQ time um, 30 minutes extra for the corresponding male age group time, right? And And obviously, we know that women don't run 30 minutes slower than men it's typically for a marathon going to be about 17 18 minutes especially if even if you look like the pro level right they're all they're all within that 15 to 20 minute range so the fact that the ba gives women an extra 30 minutes is because they are trying to increase uh, the number of women that qualify and are part of the boston marathon because they really want to get to that 50 50 gender split which again, that's probably an argument for another day, or we can all, that can all be another hot take, right? Should, should, should women have an extra 30 minutes, um, to be Q just because they're women. Um, but yeah, so it, that's, that's a whole nother aspect of it. And, um, again, the BA will never do it because they're, they're, they want as many qualifiers as possible. So as long as the the course is certified, which rebel does, uh, it, it's a, it's a, uh, BQ eligible course which again i think there needs to be some type of cutoff whether it be you know even let's say the 2500 or something like that um i I think that's that's still i think within the realm of of you know respectable i I would say i mean the the once you start getting like the the 4k plus uh it starts getting a little ridiculous i mean you might as well just roll downhill then i i I just i don't i don't respect it at all to be quite honest um you know and maybe for some people that are on the are on the fence of 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 bqing right they're like a minute or two off and they want to you know guarantee their their entry i could see that um but again i would i i'd still want them to like to back it up on another course it's just just the way i feel about it i i, I don't like the rebel courses at all
0: austin say you, you? Those, austin yeah i was gonna ask austin <laughs> what His th- take is i
1: think it's horse shit i'll be really honest um going downhill is you're at such a great advantage and you know tony i I know you said you could see it if you're a minute or two off but i think it's probably worse if you're a minute or two off almost right i mean i think if you're going oh it's a minute or two well then go work harder and you could probably find the minute or two but choosing a different course and not putting in the work just to get that minute or two i don't i don't think that's right honestly i really don't and I didn't know that I didn't I didn't know that's what rebel races were. I was thought this was a brand of race Tony just really didn't like or something. <laughs> <laughs> I just I but now you said that and I've I've seen it. I I, I know I've seen this before and you know there'd be influencers or something like that. And oh yeah, I just ran this marathon. I just BQ'd. I ran a sub three, and I was like, oh damn, that's that's really respectable. And then you come to find out, it's a net downhill race. I'm, well, that kind of sucks. You know, everybody else picks up a, a hard course and that couldn't be any more opposite of Boston. Right.
2: Right. Right. And I think, you know, th- there are a few other courses that, uh, have some downhill, um, grades that aren't, aren't as aggressive and are BQ eligible I mean, I, I ran my first BQ on what would be considered a downhill course, right. Was, was tunnel marathon up in Seattle. And my my thinking was again me being more of a trail runner that I I love trails and that area Pacific Northwest, it's an old railway trail they basically converted it's all gravel, um, that was kind of the allure for me, and that one I think, because it's an old railway uh, route, you lose uh, it's, it's right I think it's right around two k maybe like eighteen hundred and so it's a, it's like one one and a half two percent like just slight. And just enough for it for it to really benefit you without really beating you up too much, and and uh, that's a great course. But again, a beautiful course. If you want, if you love nature and you love trails, that's an awesome marathon. I can't say enough about it because it's kind of like gravel, right? It, it is. It's like, like grab- it's like okay. a crushed gravel for for the most part, and uh, dirt in some sections as you cut through some camps and stuff like that. But you know, you run over gorges, uh, you know, along the trail, you actually run, and there's uh like rock walls where people are actually rock climbing like right up against the, the course which is kind of cool it's awesome. and, and obviously you have the tunnel which you run through which is just over a mile long i think it's like 1.6 or something like that long and you you know you wear headlamp it's just a, overall i can't say enough about the course i love it and it's a downhill course but whenever anybody asks me what my what my pr is i'll tell them my pr and i'll say but it was on this course Right, it's like I almost feel like I need to, I need to be completely honest uh, w- with people about it. Um,
0: right. Well, that's like me in Oregon, right? It's like, yeah, I went 440 at Oregon. It's a downriver swim that I did in 18 minutes, right? So right, right. There's 10 minutes right there. And, and I think locally
2: we have obviously have mountains to beach, which is another downhill right. course, w- which that one kind of rolls as well. But overall, it is net downhill but it's not going to give you the benefit of like a rebel course. And again, that I think that's a respectable course, but it is, it is known to be fast. So I think there's other ways to do it. I'm really curious. Like, is this a thing just in America or is there, is there like a a rebel equivalent in Europe? Right. I
1: think there's like kind of, it's not UTMB, but there's um, a kind of a federation or, or an organization like that. And I think they set up like descent runs, you know, on trails Mm-hmm. I've seen that before. So I don't think it's just an American thing. Specifically
2: 2BQ?
0: Revel no, is no, specifically
2: 2BQ, no. right? Like, let's not oh. get it twisted. Right. Hey. How many
0: are there multiple Revel? I mean, the only one I was ever familiar with was Big Bear.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's There used to be like five, right? There was, there was um, the one actually that used to run from cri- like Crystal Lake and run down. That one got canned, but that I think ran for like two years, I think. Uh, there's one in Utah, there's the one in Vegas charleston um, or something yeah on charleston there's there's one there right so like yeah there's i think there's about five that they run right now and the specifically just to get people to bq it's it's what they do that's I, that's I the draw that's just for that. that and so yeah. like, and again so like my question is i wonder if this is just like a i'll call it like a lazy american thing like or is it actually something that happens <laughs> you know in europe or well, or in other places
1: I mean I'll say yeah. like those courses sound fun. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing them. But but to your point, it shouldn't be a BQ. Those sound like a am- I would love to do that run, you know, and really fly and open up the legs and everything. Mm-hmm. But to BQ is just that's a that's a bit much. I don't know, Chris. Yep.
0: Yeah, no I agree. I mean it definitely I th- would beat up the legs and I think it would be fun to to run it just to see how fast you could run it. But yeah, at what point like you said, should there be some sort of limit, but how do they police that? I guess. I mean, there are, are there marathons that are non BQ races?
2: Yeah. You or, just, they're just not certified courses. That's, that's right. the only thing I just need to certify the distance, which is crazy. Cause even, even if you look at like a uh, Boston itself, you can't run a, um, a world record time at Boston because it's a net descent course itself. Right, like I think that the net loss on that's like 1,100, 1,200. If I'm not mistaken, I could be out of pocket here, but I, if I remember correctly, that's that's around the number. And so it's not world record eligible. So if it's not world record eligible, you know, and that's only again roughly a thousand feet, why should why should the BAA allow all these other races to come in and drop four k, five k in elevation and be BQ eligible? I think it's bullshit.
0: Yeah. No, it's definitely, it's definitely questionable and I have to agree. And I've never qualified. So, uh, to speak with passion until I qualify on a non BQ on a non rebel course. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll put it this way. I missed BQ by
1: 26 seconds the year before last. So if I just go run a downhill and, you know, give a buffer of three minutes, I mean, do I, do I deserve that? No. If I, if I had the same conditioning and go run that and get a BQ time, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't know. I don't think that's right. But again, it's probably not running BQ.
2: Did, did you miss the, was it seven seconds off of the, your actual BQ time or was it seven seconds? You missed the cutoff that was under.
1: No, 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 no. 26 seconds. So a second a mile, um, off of sub of a three hour marathon, which is my cutoff. Not, not the, uh, You know buffer 258 call it you know yeah Okay, okay so so i got
2: a better one for you in 2019 2019 i i beat my bq time by like four four minutes and like 46 seconds or something like that and that year you had to beat the cutoff by like four minutes and 54 seconds. So literally I was, I missed, I missed it by eight seconds. So I BQ by almost five minutes, but I missed it. I missed the actual cutoff, right? Because once they once you have so many people that beat the, beat the BQ time, now they take, you know, they, they do the math and they figure out like how much you have to be to buy in order to actually enter. So I missed the entering by eight seconds. And like almost everybody I knew had BQ would that year. And I was on the outside looking in and I was pissed and I'm thinking, well, yeah, but how many people ran these damn rebel races and got in over me and, and obviously like lowered the times by so much, whereas, well, shit, I could have done that. I was, that was
1: pissed. That's what I was just going to say. I mean, those people that are, um, I guess, inflating the times based on running downhill marathons, that doesn't seem quite fair. But You know, I, I, if they're running three minutes, call it a difference. I don't, I don't know what, based on what course you run, what the difference is, but I mean, a minute or two is a big deal if 25% of that pool or that age group is running downhill races, this doesn't seem fair, but then I guess they kind of get their due when they show up to Boston and thinking they're going to run the same time and probably go five minutes below what the even the qualifying time was
2: so. well but i think a lot for a lot of them it's just a matter of getting to boston right they, they go to boston and they just use it as as a celebration run and just you know hot dog it so they don't really care anyway but yeah. yeah yeah
1: but i i guess for someone like yourself someone like me someone like chris probably it's it's just more motivation right you wouldn't just stop there or just choose to run a downhill marathon you'd say you know, sorry for my language, but fuck that. I'm just going to go run a marathon and I'm going to, I'm going to get under by five minutes on this next cut. Something like that.
2: Oh, yep. That was definitely, if you look at, um, after I missed that cutoff, cause I think I ran, I think cause it was like three, three ten was, uh, was it 310? No, it said, I think it was 305 at that time for me, my age group. And so then for the next year, it was leave no doubt. Like I'm going sub three. Like I'm, I'm just, I don't care. And then I think I went, uh, two fifty-four the next year. So I beat it by, yeah. I, at that point I beat it by like 11 minutes and I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Screw you. So
0: you crushed it. Yeah. I love that. Nice. Yeah. I think 2024 we'll see. Cause 2023 for me has been kind of a throwaway year with injuries and everything in my mind, 2023 was my big year. And then I was going to focus on Boston again because that was the goal right as COVID hit. Uh so it might have to wait another year till twenty twenty five. All depends on if I qualify for New Zealand or not. So if I qualify for New Zealand then then I'll focus on Iron again for another year. Seventy point three, I can't say Iron Man. Yeah, what, what what's up with that? It's seventy point three, get to huh? That question. Yes, yes. I can't make that mistake.
2: <laughs> is, is that next? Is that the next question. We oh, should so probably one into that. Yeah. So we're Agreed. all green yes. on this one.
0: Revel races. No. Horseshit. Horseshit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we got Chris to cuss in the pod. Holy shit! Like Ooh, that. I know. I'm so careful in my videos usually. Yeah. What an example. <laughs> oh. All right. Next question. Are you an Iron Man? if you did a 70.3, it's a multi-part, should the merch tent at a 70.3 actually sell Iron Man merchandise that doesn't specifically say 70.3 on it? So let me clarify, I want to make sure we're all on the same page here. (laughs) If there are hats that just have the Iron Man logo, those should all be gone. Every hat, every backpack, every hoka shoe, everything that they possibly sell should have 70.3 on it. If it's a 70.3 race, is that what the my, question
2: is? You're asking my opinion. Yes, Tony. That, that's, that's a yes. So in, when I first did, well, actually I didn't even buy anything from the merch tent before I finished my 70.3. So I, I, I did Oceanside 2015, I believe was my first. And I, I wouldn't even buy anything from the merch tent because I was like, I. I haven't earned it yet and you know you, it kind of sucks in some in some ways because a lot of times if if you try and do that now things you probably wanted are going to be sold out if you try and go back after the race so there's there's some of that but uh, i'll kind of circle back to this but i had a friend who his, his first was gonna be super frog and he um, ended up buying a bunch of stuff before the race and ends up passing out in the sand on the run goes to goes to the you know hospital or an ambulance and he's got all this super frog merch and he is pissed right but that that can happen but again now he doesn't want to wear any of it and he's got all this gear from super frog from years back but yeah so i, I wouldn't even buy i didn't even buy anything beforehand and even once i did then cross the finish line i went back to the merch tent and i wouldn't buy anything that just said iron man on it or just had the iron man logo like specifically there's a hat that i have uh, still have that has iron man logo and then on the on the brim it says 70.3 across it or anything i have like specifically says 70.3 or I, i'd wear stuff obviously from ocean side that that is says 70.3 but um that and that was one of the big things for me for a uh, mantra block when i first did my full was i walked in that merch tent and i was like fuck yeah now i can buy anything in here i want like now it now it all matters and I can buy everything.
0: I was gonna say, I never really thought about this because I didn't do any 70.3s before I did my first Ironman. So I went from sprint Olympic and then I did Ironman Coeur d'Alene and I did a whole, Mm. you know, four or five Iron, four Ironman in a row. And I didn't do 70.3s until after I took a 10 year break and then came back. And, um, and it was funny when I came back a few years ago, I specifically said, I will not buy a single piece of merchandise until I qualify for the world championships. And I didn't buy anything until, uh, I went to St. George. And there you go. So what's your take, Austin? Yeah, same,
1: similar to Tony, maybe a little bit different, but similar to Tony. I, when I did my first triathlon race, um, it was an Ironman. It was Ironman, Texas. I, I, I mean i had doubt in myself that i could do it but i also said i'm probably just i'll i'll die before dnfing or something and so my wife and i went to the merch tent when i checked in and i didn't know i didn't know about how gear or anything like that works So, i'm kind of pissed off that i did buy a hat at the merch store knowing that i get a finisher hat so whatever but i bought the hat and i handed it to my wife and i said you hand this to me when i cross the finish line and if I don't cross the finish line, throw it in the trash. I don't, I don't give a shit. I, <laughs> I, if I didn't do it, I, don't, I didn't earn it. I don't deserve to wear it. So having said that, 70.3 is not Iron Man, also the same way that Iron Man is not 70.3. But however, if you have done an Iron Man and you go to Oceanside or something and they have Iron Man gear... I think it's okay to buy. I don't think that's a problem. I don't have a problem with them selling it. I think it's more on the individual to say, I'm, I'm not an Ironman or be honest about that. Right. Um, but the, yeah, they're not the same thing when, when people say, oh, I, I did an Ironman and you find out it's a 70.3. I think for everybody who has put in the work, cause they're vastly different, right? They're, they're, they're hard, they're hard in their own way, but they're different. Seventy point three is not Iron Man the same way that Iron Man is not seventy point three. So I think it's on the athletes and the individuals to hold themselves accountable and say, "I'm not an Iron Man" or "I am an Iron Man" and be honest about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was always yeah. superstitious, so yeah, I would never buy. Yeah, like, I would send uh, my wife to get gear like when I cross the finish line, right? Like you go get it and you know just come back later or whatever. Or you know, I did. Yeah, C- certainly, I'm even to the point where I won't wear a race shirt prior to the race oh no right you know they give out shirts and then everybody shows up that day and wears the shirt to race it uh i you know i won't even wear the race shirt until after the race
1: well let me ask you guys kind of on this topic about i mean i guess i can now understand thinking thinking on it again what about the ones who support you your crew my my wife doesn't do iron man she doesn't even do triathlon one of her favorite things though is getting a hat usually from whichever race I go to, and it says Iron Man California, for example, and she loves to wear that, mm-hmm. and I don't find anything wrong with that because that is my support crew, and I'm a strong believer that in order to get there to the starting line and get to the finish line, you need that support crew, and they're just as important. so
0: yeah, and I can't imagine somebody buying I mean like her, like someone asked her. Did you do Ironman, California? She's probably going to say, no, my husband did, right? And so I can't even imagine someone posing as it. I'm sure they do. But I I mean, I can't even imagine. But at the same time, working in a company that does branding and marketing, I understand if you're going to produce... Five hundred whatever backpacks, Lululemon backpacks, or you know, you're branding treadmills now, and you're branding running. I mean, Iron Man was on a huge kick, right? Of branding things, stroller, running strollers, shoes, and you're going to end up getting that. And in their mind, they're a brand, just as if uh, we shouldn't be able to wear a Lakers jersey, right? If we don't play for the Lakers, I don't, I don't know. At what point is it branding versus? Race gear, I guess, or yeah, or I, I think six- it's I
2: think it's more the the purposeful misrepresentation of the accomplishment. I, I think a lot of people do agree A lot of athletes do that. Where the, oh, I'm training for an Ironman, and then you obviously you just ask the question, "Oh, what are you training for?" And it's sure enough, it's a 7.3. Or I just complete my first Ironman, and it's a 7.3. Right. So it's it, it's vastly different. I mean, just like you wouldn't run a half marathon and be like, "Oh, I just ran my first marathon." How no, you ran a half marathon. marathon. What was that? How was your five k marathon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, people who don't know are going to ask that question all the time, right? You get that from colleagues or or you know friends who just aren't in the know. But um, for again, that that would be nobody would ever say I just ran a marathon and it's a half marathon. Like a runner right. knows that's a very distinct difference. So I, I feel like athletes should know the very distinct difference between Ironman
0: and half Ironman or 70.3, Right? Yeah. You just no nobody's going to go around and say that. I mean, Ironman made a distinct choice to go to seventy point three right? Instead of back in the day when I started, it was a half Ironman. Everybody called it a half Ironman. Now mm-hmm. that, nobody calls it a half Ironman anymore. Everybody calls it a 70.3. So there was some choice and I always felt like it's easier to say I'm doing a half Ironman than just well, try you, and say 70.3, you know.
1: I, I mean, when you cross that finish line for 70.3, they don't say Chris Elmore, you aren't an Ironman. They say, congratulations, <laughs> Chris Elmore, right?
0: Yeah, I don't think I was actually wondering that before we started this conversation. I was trying to think back, and I don't ever—I couldn't remember if they, they actually announced it that way. Yeah, which yeah, they shouldn't, so they, right? I yeah. mean, I specifically remembered every time I crossed an Ironman finish line and they said my name. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I caught it on the video and it was recorded. But yeah, I, I don't even think about it now that I'm really only do seventy point threes. Right.
1: Right. I mean, it sounds like we're all in the same boat on this one. I don't I don't wow. I don't think
0: anybody would, you know, disagree yeah. with us on that. I mean, that. I don't think people are, yeah, whether they're misrepresenting, but I do think there are things that people want that are in the Iron Man tent that are some piece of gear, right? That is a co-branded, whether 100%. it's yeah, a Rudy Project helmet or whatever it might be, right? Roca this or that, and there then an the Iron Man logo might be on it. And they're not necessarily saying they did an Iron Man at that point, so that that's the gray area. Yeah, for, yeah.
2: For everything that, that's Iron Man branded, you can find it without the Iron Man logo on it until you earn it. That uh, costs more money that way. And <laughs> well, yeah, well, and, and oh, I will say I'll go back to Austin's point of of um, like support support crew. I'm totally on board with support crew wearing um, whatever the hell they want, right? Like that's I'm. 100 in agreement with austin Of like you're not you're not there without your sport crew uh i actually i'm kind of bummed like iron man has really scaled back some of the uh, like there used to be yeah. like one that said iron mate right with the with the m dot as the m um that was there the, a lot of stuff iron for kid. you know for, for for kids yeah and they seem to really have scaled back that type of merch which i can't i can't imagine i i thought that stuff would, would you know was selling well or doing well i can't imagine why they would have uh, again stopped stop producing a lot of stuff just from a branding perspective
1: i mean if you what about if you get a sticker or something like that and it's just the m dot logo what if somebody just did a 70.3 and they use that m dot logo as if i mean that's kind of a sacred thing is it not that the m dot logo is iron man 140.6 not
2: 70.3 yeah because even like on the trailer hitches there's an iron man logo and there's a 70.3 logo one because not everybody who does A setting point three is going to end up doing an Ironman. Some people, again, just stop their journey at setting point three. And there's nothing wrong with that because, I mean, how many pros are setting point three specialists that never touch the distance, the iron distance, and they just, they choose not to. So it's not not in a negative way. It's not degrading. It's not, it's just, you're, you just haven't done it. It's like me, you know, claiming I've ran an ultra, like I, I haven't run an ultra. Right. So like, why would I ever claim to do that? Just because I've, you know, ran over, you know, marathon distance or something like that. It just it makes no That's sense. That's a great point. Yeah. Okay. Well, and
1: on that note, M. Calf, calf tattoo, yay or nay?
2: <laughs> I'm totally okay with people that have an M. dot tattoo. No, no, no. Would you um, get one? Would I? No, yeah. I, I personally okay. wouldn't. And and there was there was also um, before. I think people are only getting m dot tattoos if they qualified for worlds and that's i think kind of oh. how that's kind of how that started is my understanding i mean this obviously the, the sport predates me by many years um and then they would add in like the years that they that they obviously did, did the, the world championship yeah. around it and that's kind of where it started then anybody who's completed the iron man started getting it and it kind of got watered down so i see I'm, I'm not a fan of it i probably i would i would never do it i would never put um just the M dot tattoo you know or, or that logo on on me um i did think about let well, this may segue now into one other question that we have here is i i was thinking about once i did quali- qualify and, and do kona that i was going to do like the same type of uh, sticker that i have on my bike which has like the latitude longitude of the kona start line right at the pier and then it has the islands and it says Kona on it i was thinking of like putting that like almost on the on the rib cage below your heart type area kind of like the the swimmers where the swimmers put like their uh, yeah, like olympic rings cool. tattoo mm-hmm. i thought that'd be kind of cool and different and really only shown or seen Obviously, I have my shirt off or or whatever, not just on my leg, which is pretty much all the time. Well, yeah, I guess that would be pretty much all the
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I kidding? Um, but, but but that's but, really unique, right? Uh, it, my it, it whole is. issue is I've always been worried that um, just like happened with CrossFit, right? At some point, somebody does something that basically kills the brand, right? You know, Greg Glassman said some crap, right? Pretty much, almost took crossfit down right. and the, there's nothing saying that that couldn't happen to Iron Man. I mean you're putting somebody's logo, their trademark on your body and that's what always scared me away from it. it was just like ah, I have no tattoos. why would I put someone's logo on my body that
2: yeah you, know, you don't well, know where that's going in the future in, in the, so, and again to kind of like segue I guess out of out of this and into the next is the way that the world championship is kind of losing its luster and, and doesn't seem to mean as much, uh, in these past few years. Now it's even like, would I bother putting that on me when it doesn't have that same meaning to me anymore? Right? Like when it's, when, when Iron Man themselves is watering it down, and then you see what that does it from, really matter?
0: Are you talking men's race as well? Because they've opened up more men's spots because it, there's a, a men's day or are you considering the women's as part of that?
2: I mean, more so on the women. I feel like I'm really shitting on women. This this pod. I'm going to get a lot of. Hate I was going to say now. we
0: probably shouldn't but, be allowed to talk to any women's <laughs> topics about women here to read us the riot act, right? <laughs> but
2: no, but seriously, you know, you you have already have the women for try slots, which adds a, a a lot of slots to um, to an already. Um, not fair split of spots to uh, to racers at at these events um and then yeah we opened up and, and now they obviously they get their own day which is i think a, a good thing right I, I like women to have their own day um and and really highlight the women in the sport but when you when you look at it and they can't even fill the slots now when you can't fill kona slots there's a problem and and we're talking, you know, how far these slots are even rolling to people that are getting these slots. We're talking like sixteen hour plus finishers and roll, you know, Kona slots rolling out of age groups and into a, and other age groups and then back out and into another age group. Like they can't fill the slots, and so you're really degrading the world championship at that point.
0: Like I just, I, well, maybe it's so there should be. Do you think there should be a hard rule on how far spots? They shouldn't be able to roll down past 20. I, I,
2: I a slot. Sh- oh, okay. I would love to see something like you need to be within 10% of, of the top finisher in your age group to be eligible for a roll down slot. Something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. would be cool. Yeah. Whatever the, whatever the math makes sense, right? Maybe it's 15%, whatever. Right. But I'm just saying like, if you had a hard cut, I would feel so much better about that. Then, um, you know rolled someone,
0: the 50th it rolled the 60th right that, that's yeah, too far
2: yeah or or again like there's multiple examples i'm not going to be calling out any names here but i mean multiple examples of people that are 16 hour finishers or literally you know six to last place overall finishing and and getting a kona slot and that's not what this sport's about it's not what kona's about. Like, there's multiple other races you were can they do 80 years old they were not <laughs> it was it was a 50 to 54 female all right in an already watered down field in the philippines right which there there's not a deep field in the philippines so i mean if you want to go to kona you don't have to go that far but i mean for for women you basically finish a race and, and you're you're basically in it's which is the sad part because I feel like there's so many women that tried for so many years and, and fought and struggled. I mean, I think
0: there was still an argument from women that, that they can't, that, that that's not 100% the case, right? That ocean side, right? Well, I guess you're talking Kona, so you're not well, necessarily, and I'm not doing Man's at this point. So I'm not right. sure how it's rolling down for Ironman, but I know 70.3 spots, even with all of the women's spots, if you look at an Oceanside 30 to 34 or 35 to 39, mm-hmm. not all those women got spots. To so you,
2: you're talking about one, an, an early season race and two, one of the most competitive 70.3s on the circuit. Like that, that brings out everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So That's true. I, I would, I would say, y- yeah, that at that race. And I guess it's hard because most not gonna California
0: races or, or, or West coast races are pretty packed, right? I mean, there are less competitive, possibly, but when you look at almost, and again, I I, I guess I'm not following the women to see how many in their age group and how far spots roll down. Um, I mean, you're seeing it definitely a lot with Kona, I guess.
2: Yeah, and I I try to keep my ear to the ground just to I want to see what what's happening because when you when you look at it and again, so women traditionally are about 20 to 25 percent of the overall field, yet they're already getting half the slots for any specific um <clears throat> any specific event and so i again that's already kind of skewed right slots should sh- slots should be allocated based on number of of um of racers in each age group obviously like if there's at least one finisher in every age group there's going to be at least one slot that's the way it's always been and that's
0: a, but i guess you know, is that, there a that's sport that's fine. setting a precedence for that or has it always been Ironman that set that precedence? Like obviously Boston doesn't set that precedence. Is, is, is there another sport that's limiting women's availability based on participation if they have their own race? Or is believe, it just something that so. Ironman set that precedence? So now it's kind of changing.
1: No, cause you have title nine and things like that, right? Like even if you get into, you know, ball sports and things like that, that they have fair representation in those, in those facets, right? They just have to have, I think the problem with, with a lot of things is there may not be the same women participation as men with certain sports, basketball, maybe, um, you know, soccer, things like that. Um, and now endurance sports that we're talking about where you probably have more men that are more drawn to those sorts of things and less women, but with something like title nine, if you don't have enough women, then the men also can't participate. And that's that fair representation. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's the same thing, but it does seem that there's, that somebody is kind of setting
2: that, that example or that, that threshold. Yeah. Again, I think Iron Man is just going after the dollars at this point. That's just what 100%. it is. You know, they, well, obviously they're, if you double the amount of participants, you double the amount of revenue right there. And then you,
0: yeah you're gonna and if you're much hosting a merch. race right if you're hosting a race you're hosting an own day at that point why not fill the day right in their in their mind well and, right. and tony do you are you do you think
1: do you think there should be more men's slots if they're going to do more women's slots or do you think there should be less overall
2: i mean quite honestly i i'd, I'd love to see just less overall i mean if we could go back to one day of racing that I think that's, that's probably my best case scenario would, would be my choice would be to go back to one day of racing and split those slots evenly. There's only so many spots on the pier that you can fit anyway. Um, and so you're going to have a a 50, 50 split there and that's perfectly, I think. Okay. And, and in, in the right, it make the world championship a world championship. That's, that's just the way I, I see it. You know, it's like, it's the way the only thing I could probably compare it to is if, um, like Olympic trials, like, you, you know, you, you, have people that qualify for the trials and we send them off to go to the Olympics and some of these countries, they can't meet the, the, the Olympic standard, but because they can't meet the Olympic standard, but they're the fastest on, you know, in their country, let's just send them to, right. And, and so, okay, let's have, I don't know if I, am Mexican, so i shit on Mexicans for a while. So let's, let's just have a Mexican bobsled team, Right probably never seen ice in, in their freaking lives and jumping into bobsled and, and going down. Now you're going to bring up the Jamaican bobsled team. We all love it. Yes. Yes. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme.
0: But that was an awesome movie.
2: There's, <laughs> there, there's no point. Like w- what are you doing? Right. And if, and if that, if that Mexican bobsled team is now taking a spot, a spot from a more deserving country, but we're just throwing them in because they're the only one. Like it's just, that's kind of what it feels like. And everybody's like, well, it doesn't, you know, These, these lower tiered or slower females going to the world championship, it doesn't affect the pointy end. So what do you guys care? You're degrading the accomplishment and that's why it bothers me.
1: Yeah. And I, I was sort of, I mean, I haven't even been to Kona or anything like that, but I was a little upset when they did the two day coverage because I I love the fact that the women get focused and they should have their own day. However, if it were me, I would want to be racing everybody. I don't want to just be racing like how they do it with the women. It's certain age groups, you know, and then half the other age groups go on a different day. I want to race every age group and I want to race every gender, right? I, I, there's women out there that could kick the shit out of me, but that's competition still either way. So I think when you kind of segregate it into two days, you're again, diluting it. And I always thought that the two day, um, the format was just a money grab for them. Like you're saying to have more slots, to get Mm -hmm. more people there. And you know, people were saying, Oh, it's so great for women. It's so great for women, but I don't, I don't see it that way. I just kind of see them looking for money and.
0: Well, there's uh, the argument that having more spots is going to bring more women into the race because they feel that they have the ability to possibly qualify where previously they just, the, the likelihood was was very, very low um, because you go to a race and the women get one or two spots max, one typically in an age group. So women aren't going to pursue it as a goal because the goal is so tiny that it's not achievable, right? Where men, my age group has seven, Yeah around the world you know, there's typically two to 300 right in that age group. So there are more spots, but, um, you know, in general, it was just such a small amount that, uh, that's, you know, that's an argument I've heard that it's going, this should draw more women to the sport that are maybe of a higher amount. You know, I, I'm, yeah.
1: I don't really have
0: a, a no, there. I mean, it's a great,
1: it's a great point and it's gets good information, but at the same time, well, then how come I don't get more slots in my age group? Because if I miss it by two or three people, then I go, well, just make it easier because then I make it. But back to the Boston thing, why don't I just work harder than the other person there and get there? And if I don't get there, then that's okay. At least I tried. But I think just adding more slots and I, I don't I don't like that Ironman is going after money. Um, maybe they're not, but that's just how I feel. And also, I don't see any problem with with having just the women's championship in Kona and they have their day, but why not let men race there too and have that overall total number of slots because, and then, and then you have, you know, the men in, in Nice and then women should be allowed to race in Nice as well. You know, it's just not a championship race for them. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know Kona is sacred, so it's kind of difficult, but it's, yeah, I don't like the money grab thing and that's how I see
2: it. So here, here's another side of it. Obviously, the, those that can't qualify or know they, they really can't qualify or have a, a legitimate shot at qualifying, they go the legacy route. So Ironman is now locked in a customer for at least 12 events, so let's call it. You do this, and now that, that one athlete who is just the dream is Kona no longer has to do 12 events and, and try and get in through legacy. They can just go to one of these lower tiered races, or again, if you're female, just about any race. I mean, Coeur just had 115 women's slots for that race alone. And now, let's say this, this middle pack athlete gets a Kona slot on their third attempt, and now they're done with the sport. Does Ironman gain money, or do they just lose potential revenue from nine additional races Oh, do you, think, that, so you think
0: someone qualifies for Worlds and, and they're less likely to continue to compete? Well,
1: it's, it's less attempts probably for them to get there, right? And they're checking off that bucket list item. They go, cool,
2: did that. Yep. Because for so many people, two, if, you, yeah, if, you, if you talk to athletes, a lot of them, like the dream is Kona. And once, once they get that, you know, so many people, again, once they do Legacy, how many people do you know do Legacy and they're done? So
0: probably quite yeah. a few. I honestly yeah, hadn't yeah. paid attention enough to know. Like back when I was doing Ironman, because I haven't been doing fulls anymore, I'm not really paying attention to Kona spots. Um, you had the lottery, right? So everybody put money in, and I always wondered how much money was Ironman making from however many people paying 30 or 50 bucks to get in the lottery, right? And then they would pull. But I never wanted to do that because I never wanted to, and I think this is a whole other step, is I never wanted to, because anyone who doesn't do Ironman, you say, oh yeah, I've done an Ironman. They're like, oh, you did Kona. It's like, no, 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 right? And you've got to explain what Kona is. And and I never wanted to, to say I did Kona if I did it because I won a lottery, right? So that's... What? i yeah. guess that's a personality thing or, or whatever right i couldn't imagine if i did 12 ironmans that now i get the you know i get the luxury of going to do kona that yeah. i didn't even i guess yeah. i didn't even realize that
2: yeah and i think well and again it's it's i think the legacy program is you do 10 in a row or you do 10 total in a span of 10 years now they change the the time period because some people were you know um, I know one athlete who did 10 in a span of, I think three, three years to basically like quickly, oh my God, just, just finish, just finish the races, right? Like 16 hour finisher, just get through it oh. and then put their name in the name in the, the, uh, the legacy lottery did Kona the same year or last year I did it right. Or two. Well, yeah, I think she was there, right. Did, did Kona the same year I did it. And then and she's done retired because that's all she wanted. So Ironman, I think saw this and was like, okay, wait a minute, you need to have, Ten years between your year first and your last, you're actually showing, you know, loyalty and commitment to uh, longevity in the sport. And to you then do qualify, one each year. right? Yeah. But then to enter your name into the legacy, you need to have done one Ironman um, that year, and then the year you're going to do Kona, you have to like basically validate it. So the way I'm looking at it is you need to do at least twelve right now, and but- and. I would assume there's some type of backlog because now you have legacy people that were offered obviously to, to do Nice, And the men are like, I ain't doing that. I'm, you know, I waited this many years or I've done this many Ironmans and you're going to try and send me off the Nice? That's not happening. I'm, I'm waiting for Kona. So I think next year is actually going to be a pretty difficult year for men to, to qualify at one. You have all the men that were had qualified early in the year this year that we're then told, Hey, sorry, you're going to nice and I'm like, given the option. And a lot of them are like, no, I'm going to defer and wait till next year. Then you have the the legacy folks that again, we're going to do it. Um, and nice I actually have on one of my teammates, Roger, he was supposed to do it and then they gave him the option to do nice. And he was like, no, I'm gonna wait for Kona. So he's doing Kona, but they actually, because they can't fill nice, they actually came back and asked him, Hey, we're going to offer you nice as well. So he could have done nice this year and done Kona next year off of a legacy slot. Wow. And then, but
1: as you're talking about the times, Tony 16 hour finisher, maybe he chooses a flat, easy course or something. He gets to Kona. He's probably going to get his ass handed to him, right? Or whoever this, I don't male, female, they're probably going to get their asses handed to them if they're a 16 hour finisher and they're just trying to get this done. Right. So, should there probably also be some sort of time limit or a threshold for legacy as well? Cause I, I think that people who have been in the sport forever absolutely should be celebrated and given an opportunity, but I think you should also probably have to meet some requirements so that you're not, you know, pushing the 18 hour mark or something.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's been talks about that and, and having, so, again, something similar to BQs to where it's graded for your age group. Um, and it's also a, just a safety concern. Um, You know, having some of these people out there that long and, and not being vetted in the right way, because some of these races that they're, that they're going to are obviously going to be, um, easier courses. You know, some people obviously qualified at California, for example, this past year, and you have, you know, downriver wetsuit swim, um, flat bike which people are going to argue is was windy no oh, okay and then you, you have it was windy dude yeah yeah and then you <laughs> have and then you have a, a relatively flat run okay now you take that same athlete and now you throw them in kona where it's open water there's chop it's non-wetsuit that bike is hilly and then you have that hot run so you know it's i i, I honestly hope that the uh, the spirit of the island really punishes the people that don't deserve to be there. That's my that's my hot take. I I want to see a significantly higher number of of DNFs in in these next few years.
0: Because that is, in my opinion, that's even worse than getting a bunch of people there. I think you get a bunch of people there that don't finish. That's worse for them, right? I mean, yes, they got to the go. I mean that's for me racing a 70.3 worlds it, it's just being there right being in that environment being in that vibe is amazing you've talked about it with Kona um but I couldn't imagine going and then not finishing because because I didn't make the cutoff time I mean that is that's really bad
2: yeah I mean even for Hanu this past year I met a guy on the plane he was there with his wife <clears throat> this was going to be his third and um he had I think he had just dnf'd quarter lane half was his last one. And so he was kind of coming out here as vacation and kind of enjoy the island. And um so, you know, obviously just chatting on the plane, chatting off the plane, getting our luggage and our bikes and whatever thing and and um exchanged names and so I knew who he was. I put him on the tracker and I was cheering for the guy, right? This is just, just, you know, an athlete and and um in the morning of the race I went and, you know, like told him good luck and had a quick chat with him and just kind of set him on his way and he didn't make it. He, he, he got pulled on the run. So even, even a half in those conditions on that course, it's a, it's a tough environment and it's going to humble so many people. And, um, I, I, I hope, I hope the majority do. That's, that's kind of my take on it.
0: Well, but, I do like your, I mean the problem is they want to fill the race so it's never going to occur but I do like your take on grading it something like a Boston right so if you you need to come in some percentage of the winner of your age group and I think that that would stop people that are barely making cutoffs at least getting spots that roll down hundreds potentially or even 50 spots right or or whatever I mean the problem is if you're the only finisher in your age group then you are, <laughs> you did win the age group, so you, you do deserve the spot. Whether uh, you yeah, know you showed up, you got there. Well, you know, y- yeah. You're not going to tip- get those out.
2: That typically only happens like the 70 plus age groups, which at that point have at it, right? If I can still move at 70, I'm I'm over the moon. So if they're finishing an Ironman. At 70 you know like i mean that's my
0: hope for kona right i just gotta outlast everybody (laughs) there you go it's battle of attrition (laughs) exactly what what
1: what about like a scenario like this tony or or, and, and chris if i want one of my dreams is to qualify for kona but i think if i qualified for kona i probably wouldn't race that uh just as a standard athlete i would choose to do it aiding another athlete um you know, sort of Rick and Dick Hoyt style, right? That's that's a huge aspiration of mine. So, what if I was somebody who said, "Well, I want to qualify for Kona, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a guide for a wheelchair athlete." Do they just let me in? And I go, "Sweet, I qualified for Kona, and I get to race Kona." Doesn't matter if I qualified or not. You know what I mean? Um, Time wise, should there be sort of a a kind of threshold
2: for that? i mean that's an interesting one i'm not sure i I think that that falls under the special interest uh story category for for kona um because i'm not sure rickard did quote like i don't think they they're qualified right i know there's i think there's there's like hand cycle division kona slots that they give out but i'm not sure there's like calf slots or yeah, um, no, I
0: think that was probably special interest in their yeah, case,
2: right? Yeah, I, I'm almost almost positive that's the case. Because even so, I mean, if they show up to an event and they do a race, what category do they race under? And they're, they're probably are going to be the only one in that category for that point. So, I mean, they're, they're almost guaranteed a slot as long as they finish. Maybe there's like some type of, you know, um, you need to validate your slot. I mean, either way, I think that's, that'd be really cool, Austin, to be able to do that. I just don't know how feasible that, that is. Or again, if you qualify on your own and then go to Ironman and be like, Hey, for this one, I want, you know, I want to be able to, uh, to carry an athlete, you know, how does that work? That would be, you know, an interesting question. Um, and I'm not sure how that, how that would go about,
1: but yeah. And that's my thought is that I qualify on my own accord and they go, well, Clearly he's capable, right? So let's let him do that. That's kind of, that's my thought process. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I want to try to do something similar for Boston and I've been searching and searching and searching for wheelchair times. I can't seem to find them. And so I, how I understand it is that the writer has to qualify based on their age group and gender. And then I also have to qualify. Now, I'm not running a sub-three-hour marathon pushing a wheelchair. That's probably not happening in my lifetime. Um, and I could be talking out of my ass. If somebody has that information, please send it to me. But, for example, the, the woman that I push usually in marathons, I've qualified her based on her age group and gender. So now I just have to go qualify,
2: and then we would be good, and I can go run Boston with them. Yeah, I, I don't believe it's that way anymore because I when uh when Rick Decoit first raced Boston, uh he qualified as a runner and then um they basically said no you need to qualify um under Rick's time because obviously he's the oh. younger, so his his time was less, and then he went and did it, which was awesome. Um but That's I think awesome. I think once once the BA saw that and and I think realize probably what was going to happen and the shitstorm that would ensue, they, they stopped doing that. Um, so I think just the runner has to qualify under their, their time. And especially I think now in this day and age with, without the chair, without the chair. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, it's, I, that just kind of gave me the thought of you might have people that want to qualify for Kona so bad that they try to beat the system. You know what I mean? Which would be really sad that you're using something like that to get your Kona race, you know.
0: But mm. yeah. All right. Well, I think we should do one more. No, make we it end a good it one. On, yeah. How about if you uh, ask
1: Pineapple on Pizza? I think we're gonna end the show or something. <laughs> no.
2: Oh, can we do the metals?
0: Let me do the metals yes, one. That was exactly <laughs> the one I was gonna do. So one, uh, Oh, well, maybe we should combine it because there was one about medals and then there was one about, um, no, no, I guess it's the same question. Should there be cutoff times for medals at races? So you're doing a marathon, half marathon, whatever it is, should there be a cutoff time or for the medal, or should they just, in my, you know, should they just start decreasing the cutoff time period for a race?
2: Yeah, right. so for for me, if I had my way, I think there should be a, a time cut off for medals. Now, this would never happen, obviously, um, because one participation would drop. I think tremendously for most races, um, but I, I just think it it's another motivating factor for people. You know, if you put a, a three hour medal cutoff um for a half marathon for example i think people on the cup on the cusp of that are really gonna then try and really push themselves to a higher degree and and maybe maybe more people take half marathons more seriously i mean how many people do you know that just hot dog it, just sign up and be like yeah whatever i just you know signed up yesterday i'm just gonna try and you know get through the day i mean did you really earn it by walking around i mean any Tourist on vacation is going to walk thirteen miles and just kind of sightseeing. So, like, is that really an accomplishment? I don't think so. Um, And so, if you want to say you finished a half marathon and you just again kind of just walked the whole thing, well, then sure, here's your shirt and you know go on your way. But I think that the, the hats should then be reserved or the uh, the medal should be reserved for a certain time cutoff. And if you did this maybe you don't need a the races the race entry would be cheaper because you don't need a permit for as long. You don't need a permit for 8 hours for a half marathon because you don't have people on courses as long. People are finishing it. There used to be a a race that lasted only 1 year. I wonder why that was like a, it was called like the USA imitational um and you had to I think you had to run sub sub 150 didn't matter your age group didn't matter your gender you just had to rub, run sub 150 and then you could you could uh register for this race and um and they held it i think down in san diego again only lasted one year but I, you don't have to close the streets are very long so the registration was pretty cheap because you well, have do you
0: think they just couldn't fill the spots it didn't get the 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 number of I think countries. I think it's sold
2: out but I think there was some backlash with it to be honest um mm-hmm. because you're basically excluding how many people from it from being able to register but um, yeah
0: but if you have to qualify I mean I don't know I feel like there are certain 100 mile races you can't just go sign up for a 100 mile race unless you've done another 100 mile race right? yeah so um you know I don't I've never been a metal chaser I've never even kept a single medal. Outside of my Ironman or seventy point three medals, like all the five Ks, or I, they're they're in a box somewhere. They're probably in the attic. I, I don't, I don't. I've just, I don't keep my bibs. I don't keep that stuff. Um, Ironman's different, and if I did Boston, that would be different. But they have to be like monumental, right? I mean, I, and I think it's cool when I see someone's garage. My buddy has his garage. His entire garage is wallpapered in bibs, right? Or people that have hundreds and hundreds of buckles or hundreds of you know metals it's very cool it's not i'm i don't like that much stuff is my problem so there's a cutoff in like you know <laughs> how important the race is if the metal gets kept or not
2: yeah i i think early on i was i was definitely a metal chaser i think i was i was running you know probably close to you know mid 30 40 events a year just every weekend was off doing something racing something for that next you know metal and then of course all these races started joining forces and creating challenge medals and so you have to travel and do all these things which made it fun and entertaining i wasn't getting any faster like i was i was pretty stagnant in my in my race times for a few years because it was there's no time to train you're literally just running races the entire time but it was it was so fun i just had a small group of friends that we would travel along together and and do all these events and i had a great time um and i still have all those all those medals so i think the the medals for me are a way to like remember the event or remember um the the race like i can look at a medal and kind of remember where i where i was on course or the day or things like that it's, it's a way to bring back those memories whereas if i if i didn't have that i probably wouldn't be able to like have that that recall of it i also do keep bibs so just because i think bibs are cool and when they're sweaty and dirty and torn and i mean there's there's, there's memories built into those, those bibs. Like they went, they went through that whole event with you. And I think early on, cause I started with obstacle course racing. So those bibs just mm-hmm. get torn to hell and, you know, muddy. And so those, those are kind of cool to keep just as mementos.
0: I'll say, I even chucked out my, uh, like, uh, World's toughest mutter, twenty-four hour stuff. I, I go through these times where I see somebody who has all the stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I wish I had. And then now that I haven't, I'm just like, well, I'm not going to start now, right? Because I'll never have all of them. So I'm not going to start now. I'm only going to keep the ones that, uh, that like are primo. So yeah,
2: like I think I, I posted in the Discord like having all the different swim caps from all my all my races. That's well, cool. All my Ironman awesome. races. Uh, I enjoy that. I am missing. Cabo, because I, mean, I was pissed about this, because Cabo handed out uh, swim caps, but all they had was sponsors on each side. They didn't have like, it didn't say like Ironman Cabo 7.3, whatever. Ah. It just like yeah like Modelo or whatever it was. It probably was Modelo because it's <laughs> Cabo. But, you know, I was so frustrated and, and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be the only event that I don't have a swim cap for. And also what I do is at every event, because now they write your numbers on your caps. So as I register and I grab my stuff, I always just ask for a second cap i say i double cap can i have an extra cap that you know i'm not gonna have my number on and they, they'll always give you one because there's tons of caps um and oh, I, and cool. that was that was cool early on because if you if you recall i don't austin I don't know if you raced long enough but you used to be able to, to you started in your age group and each age group had a different colored yes. swim cap and yes, so you, that was cool and so you had like basically which was cool if you looked in the water you had like this rainbow sea of rainbow caps all, all everywhere but you had like 12 different colors or whatever it was uh opportunities to get different colors and so early on i have a bunch of different colored caps you know you purples and blues and greens and whatever else and and that was a very uh very appealing and so my thought my thought was to make a collage of it and look really cool one day but now typically the women get pink caps and the men get greens. And so yeah. now I just have a bunch of green gaps, which
0: has kind of not as well, fun. What about anymore. your AWA collection?
2: The AWA's do still kind of come in different colors, which is cool, it helps mix it yeah. up, but need to keep getting
0: AWA. That's a, AWA is a different topic. We've already crapped mm. on before. All wealthy athlete, <laughs> you buy your way to the top. All right, do you have an opinion, Austin, on medals? i'm a softy um, i think i uh yeah
1: i well i'll start with the, the keeping the medals right i i do i keep medals and bibs from every race i haven't been doing it that long but you know i, I every race for me is special whether it's first iron man first 70.3 a 5k that i did with ainsley's angels um, every marathon, half marathon. So everything has some sort of significance to me. And i like to look back at those and I have, it's just for me, I, in my garage, kind of where I set up my trainer and stuff, I have just a bib folio, I believe they're called where it's just the bibs and the metals hanging on one thing. Um, it's not for me to show off to anybody. It's more for when I'm training, I can kind of look at that and understand where I started and where I'm at, where I'm going type of thing. So I don't, I don't see why anybody shouldn't keep medals. I, th- I think it's every, every single thing is a, is an accomplishment in, in my eyes. And having said that, I I don't necessarily agree with the shorter cutoff for you know, say a marathon or a half marathon. Um, I always say to anybody that may, might be getting into running or triathlon or any sort of endurance sport, but especially running, right? If you ran a marathon, you ran the same marathon I did or the same marathon Elliot Kipchoge did, right? Each of those miles is the same distance. Time is irrelevant. You know, I, I think, you know, if you're going to spend 24 hours doing a marathon, all right, like that's, that's getting to be a bit much there. I think the cutoffs that they have for most major marathons are appropriate. Um, you know, each mile is the same distance for everybody is just kind of how I feel. And I think if you start kind of short, you know, or, or or truncating those times, you have a participation issue. And for a lot of people, a half marathon, a 5k or a marathon is a big goal. And that kind of gets them off the couch or gets them motivated, or maybe it's a bucket list item, whatever it is, but it might be a motivating factor for them to get up, get up, move, be healthier, whatever it is, and, and motivate them in everyday life. So I don't know about an aggressive time cut, Tony, but you know, I, I think, I think medals are okay for whatever, you know, I I don't know, like rock and roll. I don't know if it's a eight hour cutoff, whatever the hell it is, but say it's an eight hour cutoff. I think that's appropriate. And everybody who crosses that finish line gets a medal because everybody's running the same course that day. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it, but I think it would be really interesting to have column quote unquote elite races. If you half marathon one fifty cutoff, I mean, that's not quite elite, but you know, it's a much more competitive field. And I think you should seek those things out if you want to really push yourself competition wise. Um, but I think it should be, you know, have that larger time, time gap. Cause you want to be inclusive. You want everybody to be like, Hey, you can do this. You can run, you can get off the couch. You can, you can, absolutely accomplish what you want to get accomplished
2: i mean i I would argue that a three hour half marathon cutoff is quite inclusive if if you actually are trying to get people off the couch in training then give them give them a target to shoot for not just uh, i hope to finish and i don't think three hours is aggressive by any means i think most most marathon cutoffs is a 16 hour or 16 hour is a 16 minute per mile pace um i mean i I walk at like a 12 30 pace. So that's, that's, that's a little ridiculous for me. I don't think, I don't think anybody needs to be out there at a, a 16 minute uh, pace. Who was that one girl who, that one lady who um, finished was like the last finisher at like the New York marathon or whatever. And she was all proud in a tutu and like walking and like they, they asked her, if she was oh, yeah, do I you remember I that story? That. And it got blown up all across social media and that drove me crazy. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, you're a marathoner, right? But let's, you know, let's, let's split the difference of, you know, an elite, an elite athlete and someone who's just out there to finish a marathon. And I think it kind of goes back to the whole 70.3 and Ironman thing, right? You know, be transparent about that. Don't be saying like, Oh, I run marathons and, you know, kind of I don't, withhold information that you're you're walking most of the marathon. I, I think it's still a fantastic accomplishment, but there there are levels to it. Um, but you know, I mean, you get into like ultras and things. I mean, oftentimes people don't make cutoffs, and you just get pulled right off the course, and you don't get a buckle, and that's just how it goes. So, yes, show up next time and and I know. definitely
0: think those races have created that next level for folks. Right? It's it's given yeah. those folks who are pushing themselves kind of that next. Thing to hit, and those cutoffs can be. I mean, some of them are long, yeah. but I think the miles are you know, they build up, and there'll be a, there's a lot of people who don't finish ultras. Uh, well, uh, and, I mean, and,
2: I, and here's the thing, though, is in the ultra community, you're having now the cutoffs get increased uh for the, the 50 milers and the 100 milers, and so now you have again those athletes getting pissed off, and they're like, Well, fine. And now the 200 is like the new 100, right? Everybody's moving up because right. they're again, like they don't. They're looking for that next challenge, right? Like for me, I, when I first started, I was always looking for that next thing to do that wasn't like everybody else. Like I wanted to challenge myself and and that's why I got into obstacle course racing because they, they started dumbing it down, right? They wanted to make it for the the everyday person and that's not what I was in it for. That's why I really wasn't into, um, into Tough Mudder. It wasn't a timed event, right? It was just a, about finishing and... I was like, okay, that's that's great to do as a group, as like a team building exercise, or with your friends, and you're all going to stay together and do that. But that's not a that's not a personal challenge, you know? Right, and And that's where
0: Spartan, I think, was more, I would say, kind of racing. Yeah, right. Yeah, than Tough Mudder. Other than doing uh, the world's toughest, right, where then it was really based on miles, right, and how many how many laps you could do. That beyond that, yeah, Tough Mudders were always kind of. Let's all get together and do this race, you know, together. I, th-
1: I think I think it's probably more about the races that you choose to do. Cause Tony, I mean, I don't think I don't think someone who runs a five and a half, six hour marathon dilutes your two fifty-three or whatever whatever your PR is, right, on the same course. Um I I think that your accomplishment is relative and i think hard is also relative right hard is is this is is different for everybody but it feels the same a 5k for you might feel really easy or really hard depending on your pace but it might be extremely hard for somebody else running i don't know five minutes a mile slower so hard is relative in that sense and i don't think it diminishes your accomplishment um and i think you i mean you're great at this but you just say, well, I'm, I don't subscribe to that. I'm, I'm going to push myself no matter who's on the starting line. It's all about me versus me. Do
2: you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not worried about like in the, in your average marathon, half marathon about saying it's diluting my accomplishment. That's not, that's not my concern at all. I, when we're talking world championship now now i talk about diluting sure someone's result or, or somebody's uh, accomplishments right. that that bothers right. me but just for the average race no no no, i don't care about that M- my whole thing is i just want people to be more invested that's really what it what it comes down yeah. to yeah you know if, if you want to you know go complete a half marathon get off the couch and complete a half marathon i i still I still think you you give me any average athlete or when you say athlete you give me any average person and give me six months and i can get them sub three hours for half mary that's not a problem i I would agree right like if if they're if they're healthy and able-bodied that's that'll be my only contingent but you know and i've even said for the most part because because the the baa has softened uh, the qualification for women i even said give me any able-bodied female runner and i could probably get her to bq in six months 100 um, i i would agree so it's not about people um i just want people to respect the distances that they're signing up for and, and i think right. when you when you don't respect the distance i feel it's disrespectful to the other runners and that's i think that's more or less where where it stands it's it's a respect issue and if we want to kind of expand on this it's the same way i feel like when people are lining up in the corrals and and you have people that i know are going to (laughs) run you know two hours and they're standing in front of me i'm like what what are you doing (laughs) here like there's you know there's pacers for a reason use those as your guides to seed yourself correctly because i don't want to have to run by you and you know run around you and there's probably another Hundred people behind me that don't want to run by you either, and somebody will, you know, again, see themselves incorrectly. It drives me insane, and that's yeah. probably another hot take we can we can yeah. delve into.
0: Well, that was one that uh, you you I think you mentioned on the swim there, Austin. Right? It's like how do you? There's just no, no way to police it, but yeah, I feel like yeah. I'm I'm better able to to run around people that that see themselves wrong in the run most of the time. And at least when I cross the 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 line, my time starts, right? And it does for the swim as well. But yeah, when you get people that you are trying to swim around, I feel like that significantly affects my swimming more so than kind of dodging people because I can see them easier, I feel e- like.
2: Yes, but I feel it's also, it's hard to gauge people's swim ability. Like again, in, in Masters oh, yeah. Swim, uh, for example, this morning, I'm swimming with two guys. One guy's, I, it's got to be like in his mid fifties and just huge, like yeah, beer belly. And he's just fast, right? Like, and there's, there's a bunch I know. of guys who like, you like, crazy. how are these guys so fast? Ah, uh, it drives me crazy. But yeah, it's hard to judge swim ability versus like, if, if I saw him standing in front of me at a, a, a marathon or half marathon, I'd be like, yeah, I know. Like, you know, one of these is not like the other, and, and you can, you can pin them out pretty, pretty quick of people that don't really belong where they're standing. Um, and it's, it's hard to police that, but it's, again, it's, it's a, it creates a dangerous situation. All it takes is one of those people to trip and fall. And then how many people behind them now are potentially going to trample this person or them trip over this person. And it's just, it's, it's an unneeded safety risk because why I don't, I don't understand why they, why they feel the need to stand up near the front.
0: Do you think they're in, doing in that the because they're with their friends, right? They're all together, so they don't want to go stand at the back. They're they're gonna stand up there with whoever they're with.
2: Not not always, because a lot of these people I see are are kind of by themselves, just kind of huddled off to the side because they they almost want to seem like they're they're not part of it. Like they, they know they don't really belong, but I think they just want to either a lot of these races, you know, post the 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 start videos, and I think they want to be a part of that or the start line picture, and they want to be a part of that um so i think there's there's certain selfish motivations when it, when it comes to this because it's not just let's say that 2 hour finisher that is now you know in the 120 range but also you know maybe take that um you know maybe that 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 3 hour finisher that's now up in near the the 150 finisher range and now that 150 range is all going to be jumbled as well so it's it's not just about the front of the race it's, it's about just seeing yourself correctly overall, you know, um, if I'm pacing somebody or if I'm running a slower pace on the day or using a, re- a race as a, as a recovery run or something, I'm not going to see myself where I normally would, right. I'm going to move back because I know what I'm going to run on the day and people, I, I assume people around me are going to be running at the same average pace. So why am I going to go clog it up knowing my intent for the day? So it's the same thing. I think it's, again, it goes back to respecting the race, respecting the distance and respecting the runners around you.
0: So you so you don't start every race like you're running a 5K all out sprint. <laughs> you just fall off. Yeah. Only yeah. there's two cameras miles around. into the run.
2: <laughs> it, it's funny because like what is it, um holiday half? You always have a, an abundance of, of kids that that run that 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 race. And it's one of my favorite ones. I don't run many, very many 5Ks, but I typically do run that 5K combo. Uh, you run the 5K Saturday and the half marathon Sunday. And sure enough, there's always a bunch of, you know, kids in the 5k that when, when, when the, uh, the gun goes off and they just bolt out, man, it just, it's, it's so cute to see like, that's, I, I love that. Right. Cause they're, you know, they're going to die, but they are getting oh, out yeah. everybody's way and they are running faster than anybody else. So they could, they can't start further back. I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Do we have any more, any more topics?
2: It's going to be a
1: three-hour,
0: four-hour podcast. If we, we might have everything. alienated three quarters of this our listeners. So so very likely. Um, Send
2: your hate mail to Big Bad Wolf eighty two.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, they won't. They won't hate you. They envy you. Oh, I don't think that's true at all. But you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, where can folks find you? I'm sure you, you guys have been blowing up on social media since starting this. So, uh, Austin, <laughs> <laughs> where uh, with all the new followers that you've gotten, where where can people find you on social?
1: media? Yeah, so seven one four endurance on Instagram is really my only social media, and then in the Discord. But uh, yeah, I do want that. I if anybody listening has. Any strong opinions, we want to hear them, and we'd love to go over them. Or if you have questions, you want to hear our takes on it. I mean, be honest, and I would I would love to hear other people's takes, and we can kind of dissect that and maybe have a different point of view. Because it's just three of us talking in an echo chamber, right? So we do need some outside views on things.
0: And 100%. And I have heard that uh, it's hard for... I don't consider myself, uh, above average, but, uh, you know, you have three elite people discussing topics, right? So there, there's a skewed perspective. So I, I do understand that. I don't consider myself elite, but, um, I guess I, I, I can, see that opinion that, that oh, our opinion right. is skewed based on our ability. Sure. I don't consider myself elite. You qualified for Kona yes. qualified for yeah. world championships. Yeah. Boston. Uh, boston you're a one percenter i'm a i'm How many terrible time? you're on the podium in the often. water
1: yeah but you're still not one percent think about that
0: yeah you're in you're a gold awa cost oh more than gosh. money cost more than money to be gold
2: what, what i just i just got something in the mail too from USAT. like you USAT all american did you guys get something like this I, no, I'm probably I'm not elite like, enough.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> just shot myself in the foot here. No, it's, it's weird. I've never, I don't think I've done anything better than I have the past few seasons. And yeah, I got some like weird, um, little, I don't know, it came with a sticker and like a whole letter like, oh. and
1: it wasn't have like, you, these, any...
2: it, but what? You, did, you did that reverse, right? Yeah, but it wasn't, this isn't like your, your standard, um, like you Know you made it to nationals, it was like it, it's it, um, it's almost like a certificate. There's like a full on certificate, like on like good poster board. It's like you sat all American. I'll show you guys next time I see you guys. I'm gonna, okay. you know, obviously frame it and drive Carry around, around with it in you, my car. You yeah. Post
0: it in social media, <laughs> <laughs> should definitely post it in your car on the window.
2: Yeah, n- never seen this thing before in my life. So that I'm like, I don't know what this is, but. I thought it was interesting. Anything I get from you, Seth, that's like that. I'm like, okay, yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I'll keep checking my mail. You know, I'll, I'll put it in the Discord so you guys can see it. All right. Then we can look it up. Yeah. It's the new AWA, maybe. But you Probably. actually have to be elite. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. All right, Tony. Where can folks find you to send you hate mail on social media? <laughs> <laughs> send it all to uh, IG under BigBadWolf_82. Uh, big bad wolf underscore 82. And if you are a female and able-bodied, you heard him, he will get you to Boston. So six months, six, six, six months. months. I'm, I'm hoping you blow up with females that want to get to Boston. Cause I, I would love to see you train a bunch of women. That would be awesome. <laughs> but I, I, first of all, I know your criteria because I've heard you say I don't train people because, you know, a lot of people, because I know that none of them will put in the work. It's
2: it is frustrating because and then one of the, I I will usually give an athlete like the first month free, right? Like I'll work with you for a month, and yeah, you're vetting to make sure that I work for you, but I want to make sure that I, you know, like you work with me, and and if we don't vibe, then we just don't vibe, and we just go our separate ways, and no problem, but no no cost to no cost to them, right? And. The first thing I always say is like, I don't want to want it for you more than you want it for yourself. So you've come to me for a reason. You have a goal. Let's go after that goal. If you're not serious about it, go find the next coach. that's going to pamper you and, you know, tell you great job when you're sucking ass and that, that's something else. And it, it's probably going to take you, you know, three, four years to hit that goal. If you really, if you really actually want it, but you know, you want results, then, then that, that's the type of athlete that I want.
0: You have an excuse limit. And then they're out.
2: Yeah. I'm not a cheerleader. There, there's plenty of cheerleader coaches out there. I'm I'm not one of them. I mean, you see how hard I am with my sister, even, you know, like if she gets a like, hey, good job today. That's that's like, ooh, that's really good. She's really
0: happy. <laughs> but. All right. Well, we will leave it at that. See how many sign up with you. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be awesome <laughs> to actually see you get some women to qualify for Boston. I think I just scared everybody off, and then they're all most markets. I might be signing you up to qualify for me to Boston in 2025. Yeah, you're like, no, I already know you don't work hard enough. (laughs) (laughs) You're disqualified. (laughs) All right, well, if you want to talk to me, highly unlikely. You can look me up at uh, CJ Media on uh, on Instagram or on uh, YouTube. So I am working on a video this week. I'm hoping to put out uh, a new video. I took two weeks off while. While being sick, awesome. You're forgiven All right, guys. It's good yeah, talking to right you, fellas. Make your next Until video next long. Time.
2: Give us, a, give us something to watch on the trainer. Oh, yeah? That's right.
0: That's what I was All just right. going to say. Thirty I, minutes. I, well, I was. I had this. Um, you know, it's so funny. I always have these like grand ideas. I'm going to do this. I'm going to record every day. Like three weeks out from from uh, Oregon. Let me, you know, let me put something every single day, and then, and then you get like halfway through the day of recording, you're like. Damn, that's a lot of work. Uh, Maybe I'll just do like two days this week and not seven, but I'm working on it. I'm only on day one. It's Monday. I tried to record the whole day. I'm going to try and record every. I I had the goal, I had the notion that I should record a segment every single day, even though it's not a video every day, but a segment every single day from now into the race.
2: That'd be cool. So, kind of like a race day series. Where'd you get that idea from, huh?
0: Uh, that's still ideas. My race day is still from Lionel and Talbot. Very original. Yes. You know, oh, um,
2: I, I'll put it out there. Um, I don't know if he knows or cares, but um, so John's going to be doing some error testing with Jim on Friday if you want to head out there and capture some content. Oh, this that'd I be hand. cool. Friday. I'm, I'm going to try and go. I think I just got pulled into a meeting, though, which is going to screw up because I don't have to be in the office on Friday. But uh, yeah, Friday at 8 o'clock.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, I, I am. I want to get out and do some testing too, but I'm going to wait a little bit longer. Although the biggest gains probably can happen when you're in the worst shape possibly. I I don't know. I I go back and forth on, I mean, my bike is not, hasn't fallen off as bad as my run has. So um, with being injured, my bike is not as far off. So Mm. I think that whatever adjustments we would make now, I would think wouldn't change that much more if I'm going a mile or two per hour more, but maybe they would. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't think so. And the other thing too, like, I don't think your body composition is going to change very much either. The only thing I would say is like, if you, uh, one of the biggest things is narrow is arrow. So if, if you become more, more flexible and you're better able to, you know, get a, a more narrow uh, pad position later on, that would be a bigger thing. Like, let's say if we we, we try to arrow test you now and your pad position is going to be wider um, because limitations that you are in right now, you haven't been writing, you haven't been writing an arrow very long. Um, then that could limit your ability or, or our ability to, to kind of narrow you up or stretch you out versus, you know, in in a few months, maybe that's more comfortable for you and there are more gains there. That'd be the only sweet wrap up guys.
1: Another
0: five hours. This is the after hours part, right? Yeah, yeah. Find us on Patreon if you guys want the after hours. <laughs> we can just talk all night. So, for all the that guys right. that don't know why we're laughing, typically we end the show and then we spend 45 more minutes talking and we say we're going to record those segments. And we probably should have ended this 45 minutes ago and recorded this as a second segment. We have to have a hard cutoff
2: in the future. Yes, I'll shut up now. <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will talk to you next week. To the music.